This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. We got a short show today. Cubs baseball coming your way in 45 minutes. Zach Zaidman has the pregame of Cubs and Cardinals. Game number two. St. Louis won yesterday 7-2. Will be the all-star Justin Steele going for the Baby Bears. Jack Flaherty going for the Redbirds. And we'll have the games all weekend long here on ESPN Des Moines. It is Jersey Friday which means hopefully you're wearing a jersey wherever you are. Kira, you are not wearing a jersey. Do you own an NFL jersey? Uh, this might shock you. No. Okay, we got to get you an NFL jersey for, <laughs> for Jersey Friday throughout the NFL season. All right? It doesn't matter about the rest of the office where you do most of your work. You can wear the same thing every Friday. Like casual Friday, I'm rocking the Christian Watson white Packers jersey today. Pretty proud of that. Jersey Friday, we'll have to get you one. Kira, we'll get you a knockoff. All right, so you're not spending $200 on one, you know, 25 bucks from across the pond. You'll be good. So I gave Kira full control as the executive producer of today's program. I said, well, we're going to talk about three things. One, what my son did yesterday in my neighbor's yard. I have to tell you about this. I was appalled by it. And then do you want to lead with the Aaron Rodgers conversation or not the Aaron Rodgers conversation. And if you want to get mad at the way she decided this, she said, rip the Band-Aid off, let's get rid of Aaron Rodgers and just get it over with. So we're going to start with Aaron Rodgers because Kira wants to hear from him. He was on ESPN New York, had a lot to say, and um, I just I, I listened to some of the comments, some of the things that he had to say. And if you're a Green Bay Packers fan like I am, I'm not going to say... I, I'm not bitter. I'm not upset. I, I promise you I'm excited about Jordan Love, but you know, let's let's hear from Aaron Rodgers. First off, as you know, Aaron Rodgers is like 100 years old now, and uh, the idea of playing in the NFL to the time you get to 45 used to be unheard of, right, until Tom Brady did it, and I don't know if Rodgers is going to play five more years or six more years or whatever, but one thing we do know is that you, you push your chips all in like that, you probably... Well, you have to at least think the Jets are thinking not one year, but two years. You know, the Jets gave up a lot for me. So, you know, to just play one year, I think, would be a disservice. Now, if that one year turns out to be a magical year, who knows? But it's more than that, it's how my body feels. And I've made some changes this offseason with some uh, training and uh, and diet. You know, haven't eaten a lot of bananas or, or fruit in a while or what? anything processed. I've been kind of just sticking to a lot of protein and fats and I feel body feels good joints feel good changed up some training regimen stuff with my incredible trainers out west and uh and in Austin and you know body feels really really good I feel like I'm in a good spot as you get older it's sometimes you wake up in the morning you're thinking man why does this hurt why does my knee hurt why does my shoulder hurt every day uh, the last uh, couple months my body's been feeling really good now talk to me in three four months we'll see how it feels but the way i feel now you know i think i could i think i'd play a number of years a couple of things in there one he said right off the bat unless there is a magical year he's going to play two years so basically Aaron Rodgers has now told you especially this is big if you're a new york jets fan but you know if you're an nfl fan if the jets win the super bowl rogers is done that's what he just told you in that soundbite. 
unless there's a magical year and that's a Super Bowl run. Like, I don't even think if they go to a Super Bowl and they lose, I don't think that counts as a magical year. I think I think Aaron Rodgers plays again in 2024, barring major catastrophic injury, uh, unless the Jets win the Super Bowl this season. And I don't believe they will. Uh, if I'm gonna, if, if it's Jets in the field, I'll take the field, especially with that guy Mahomes playing in Kansas City and what Cincinnati has done. I mean, the Jets on paper look really good, minus their offensive line. So uh, they should be in contention in that division, whatever. And then the other thing, his body feels really good, and he's eating less bananas. Are is fruit bad for your body? If that is the case, then my wife is the healthiest person on the planet. She doesn't eat any fruit. She doesn't like the seeds, the 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 the, the hairs or skins. Not, the texture of fruit grosses my wife out. She does not eat. She has to eat a multivitamin to do the thing. So is is fruit bad? I mean, Kira, there are some fruits that are high in fat. But he said like he was avocado. Eating, but he was eating proteins and fats. Yeah, is what he said. So okay. I don't. Is maybe fruit, it's maybe it's a sugar thing. Maybe he's watching his sugars. That's that a could fancy be. way of saying that could he's be watching he's, his sugars. Yeah, I mean, I just could eat fewer gummy bears. That would be the way I would watch my my sugars. More from Aaron Rodgers. You know, last year, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you're an NFL fan. You watched uh, the 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 goat, the greatest, most talented thrower in the history of the NFL. You you had watched him at a very mediocre year. Thirty six touchdowns. I think it's twenty six to twelve touchdown to interceptions. Not a great year for Aaron Rodgers, and we all know that it was the thumb that he busted when they were playing against the Giants in London on that final play, but he's not going to blame the injury. I mean, just it is what it is. You know, I, I messed it up in the London game and kind of dealt with it, wrapping it for much of the season after that. I played with a lot, a lot of injuries over the years. I don't like to use them as excuses. You know, if I'm out there, I expect greatness, and if I don't play great, then I'm not holding something in my back pocket. I mean, I've played with a various plethora of injuries, and I don't do that so I can hold on to this thing. Oh, but, you know, I had this going. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. not how I play. I'm a competitor. If I'm out there, I'm healthy enough to go. If I'm healthy enough to go, I'm healthy enough to play well. And, and, and hopefully, if you're a Jets fan, he plays well. And I was actually just talking to somebody in the office, one of our sales guys, uh, saying that, you know, Packers fans will be secretly watching every Jets game. No, I will be in front of my television. There are three things that take priority on NFL Sundays. Besides my family, there are three things that take priority on NFL Sundays. Packers game, red zone, Jets game. Those are the three. And then probably wherever my fantasy teams are, but that's the, that's got more to do with the red zone than anything because they bounce from boom, 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 boom. So I can see how my fantasy teams are doing, but I will, there's no secret, no doubt that most Packers fans will be watching every Jets game. And there are six Jets games on prime time. All right. Whether it's Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night, maybe one of those weird Saturday games late in the year. There are six Jets games on national TV on prime time. So you can bet as my wife would say, you can bet your sweet bippy I will be in front of the TV watching every Jets game that I can because, A, I need Aaron Rodgers to play 65% of the snaps, and that is like the first week of November if you do the math, like Halloween, first week of November, and, B, I hope the Jets suck. I want the Jets to be 0-17, but Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. I don't care if Rodgers throws 50 touchdowns or 50 picks. 65% of the snaps, and I hope the Jets are terrible. That way, the Packers get a first-round pick out of the New York Jets, and it's really good, all right? The worse 
the Jets do, the better it is for the Green Bay Packers as long as Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. Look, if Aaron Rodgers pops a knee and is gone for 10 weeks of the year, he's not going to get 65% of the snaps, and that's going to wind up being a second-round pick. I want it in the first, all right? That's where we want the pick to be, in the first. I don't wish any ill will on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He is easily one of my favorite football players ever to watch on the field, all right? Everything off the field, you can form your own opinion on. That's fine. So far, listening to Rodgers talk to ESPN New York here, I'm not angry. Nothing's bitter. I'm not, it's, it's fine. And then there was this one about having new juice. This has definitely rejuvenated me. And, oh, you know, come I'm on. excited to be in a new spot, excited, excited to meet the new guys and, and just to be around it all. I think oh. there's something really special about being in an organization for that long. There's very few people. I wanted to be one of those iconic players like the Tim Duncans and the Jeters yep. and, uh, and the Kobe's of the world who played for one team for all their career. It's very rare, though. You know, look at a lot of the great players in our sport, all kind of played other spots. You know, Tom finished up somewhere else. Peyton finished up somewhere else. Drew was able to stay in the Saints forever, but he was in San Diego first. You know, yep. So not many guys who were able to start and finish with their career, and definitely not more than you know, 15, 16, 17 years you know, where I'm at 19. So this was a great opportunity for me. Oh, was it a great opportunity for you? That's fine. You know, Duncan's got, what, three rings, four rings in San Antonio. Jeter's got like 11 rings or whatever he won with the New York Yankees, won a whole bunch of them, and then Kobe's got a couple as well. So, you know, Aaron's a little behind some of the guys that he mentioned. When it comes to championships, all right, he, he was unable to capitalize when there were many opportunities to, to, to secure himself a few more championships or at least play for a few more championships. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Um, he didn't want to go anywhere else, right? We knew he didn't want to go anywhere else, or at least that's what the impression was. He may have wanted to go to San Francisco. He may have wanted to go here. He may have wanted to go there. But Aaron Rodgers was asked, why the Jets? Well, I got to know Coach Sala when uh, the Jets came out to Green Bay a few years ago. I enjoyed him. I went against him for years when he was in uh, San Francisco. Beat my brains in. A real uh, beautiful friendship with Nathaniel. Got to know him and Megan, his wife, and the kids. Very close with him. And then I thought that the team obviously had a really good chance. Played them last year. They beat the heck out of us at home. So I saw firsthand the ability they had on defense. They and did. then, you know, just the way that Joe drafted. When you're thinking about teams, obviously you want talent. You want to, to know there's leadership there. But you want enough players on first contracts to, to really do some things. So you look at the guys that Joe drafted last year. You had, uh, you know, offensive rookie of the year in Garrett. You had Brees, who had an incredible year, uh, not getting hurt. He could have been in the mix for offensive rookie of the year. You had defense. You had Sauce, defense rookie of the year. And you had Jermaine. We had a really nice season as a rotational player. That's pretty damn good drafting right there. Yeah, you, you get, need guys who are on first contracts so you can afford quarterbacks who cost you $150 million. That's what you ought that's what it takes to be able to afford a guy like Aaron Rodgers is guys still on their first deals, you know, rookies uh like Garrett Wilson and like Sauce Gardner like he was talking about. They just gave big money to Quinn and Williams somehow they were able to finagle the cap cuz the cap's not real, but it does make sense. And I do appreciate a lot about Aaron Rodgers. He is seemingly a very smart guy. He knows his history and he knows 
that Jets fans are starving. I definitely think about those things. I'm a historian. I'm a lover of the game. You know, I used to wear out this old VHS tape, which was highlights of the Super Bowl. So think about, uh, you know, the first few Super Bowls. It was, what, Green Bay, Green Bay, New York? Yes, Super Bowl three. Yeah, so I know those three really well. And I know all about Broadway Joe. And it's been a while. And it's time to change that. You know, first and foremost, the first goal of the season is winning the division that gets you into the playoffs, gets you a home playoff game. And it's been 12 years for this squad as well. So it's time to time to change that. There's been there's a lot of hunger guys in the locker room. But yeah, I mean, I, I love I love the game. I grew up, uh, you know, that was my first love was was football. So I'm still hanging on to her. I'm not as angry as I was the first time I listened to, to, to all of this from Aaron Rodgers. I wasn't as I'm not nearly as bitter as I was before. You know, I, I get, I'm all about Jordan Love. Next week, Jersey Friday, make sure you're wearing a jersey. If you're watching us on the uh, the, the video, if you're watching us on Facebook, got the Christian Watson jersey right now. I'll wear Jordan Love next week. I'm all about all you need is love. But there is just something about hearing your ex talk about their their new relationship. And it just kind of makes, it makes you angry, especially when you hear about how rejuvenated he is and there's new energy where was this energy? Where was the banana free diet when you were the quarterback in Green Bay? All right. Where was that? And if you have Aaron Rodgers on, there are a few things you have to ask about. I'm surprised we didn't get any questions about ayahuasca. At least that audio wasn't sent to us from ESPN New York to us here at ESPN Des Moines. But you have to ask about the darkness retreat. It was an experience. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I don't know if I need to do it again. I'm thankful for those experiences. I learned a lot from them. Some you want to do again. Some you don't ever need to to do again. But, you know, it's just about having the growth mindset. And, you know, the experiences like that, experiences like ayahuasca, you know, have really kind of shaped me, I think, for the better. There it is. And as I'm happier in my life and my perspective changes, I feel like it's helped me become a better player around the facility. And more balanced, too, no? That's what I mean. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, of course. Happier less triggered, uh, you know, just generally feeling a lot more self-love. And when I'm doing that, I'm able to to give and receive the love that I want to my teammates and my loved ones in my life. And, and I think that's a good place to start to be able to play your best on the field when you're best off the field. You can't hate that answer. You can think it's weird and different and outside of the box and stuff you never hear an NFL player say, but you can't hate that answer. He's literally telling you, I needed to be happier in my head I needed to be happier in my heart. I needed to be happier and love more people. So that way I'm in a better mood when I get on the field. We just never hear that from football players. Now, as we know, Aaron Rodgers has a terrible relationship with his family. So I have no idea if this is translating to he and Jordan becoming better, he and the rest of his family becoming closer. No clue. We're never going to know that. Maybe we won't know that for a while. But if you've been following Aaron Rodgers, you know his relationship has sucked with his family and perhaps... This will bring them together. Who knew? All it took was a little ayahuasca. A little ayahuasca, little this retreat. That's all it takes to bring families together. Aww. I'll remember that. How, I'll rem- <laughs> how, how dare you make Aaron Rodgers sound like just a human being that needed help? Right. But, but then I just, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, man, why'd you have to say immunized? Like, <laughs> go back to that. And I'm like, ah, no, just focus on the field. Focus on what's happening. Coming up on the other side, we're going to stick with the National Football League. But the conversation this week in the NFL is we are six weeks and seven days, six weeks and six days 
Yesterday was seven weeks from the uh, start of the National Football League season. The conversation doesn't have anything to do with quarterbacks. It has to do with running backs, and particularly the two big names that didn't get deals and are potentially on the franchise tag. We got to talk about holdouts that have happened in the past, how those worked out for some guys, and something that Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk brought up about Josh Jacobs and how he better not sit on this franchise tag and wait because bad things can happen. We'll get to that next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Happy Jersey Friday. Hopefully, you're wearing a jersey wherever you are. Less than seven weeks from the start of the National Football League season, and I think I saw forty three days until the start of college football. Got Cubs baseball coming your way. Cubs and Cards game number two. St. Louis and Chicago. Zach Zaidman has the pregame for you coming up at twelve forty five. Pat and Ron one twenty for the first pitch, and then we'll have the same first pitch tomorrow and Sunday, Sunday Night Baseball, Mets, and Red Sox coming up this weekend here on ESPN Des Moines. Before I get out of here and give it to the Cubs, uh, I will tell you a story of what my son did yesterday in my neighbor's backyard that was appalling. Absolutely appalling. He's three, by the way. We'll get to that in a bit. Big conversation all this week has been about running backs in the National Football League. And because the deadline for franchise tags was this week, the two biggest names, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, uh, did not get deals done. Allegedly, they were going to sign but did not. Now, that might just be agent smokescreen talk or whatever. Um, but the conversation, and it doesn't matter, Derek Henry, Henry has been weighing in. Austin Eckler has been weighing in. Of course, some former NFL running backs have been weighing in about how these these guys that play this position, which when I was growing up was maybe the most important position in the National Football League. If you're of my age, maybe a little older, it was Sweetness, it was Barry Sanders, it was Thurman Thomas, it was Emmett Smith. You know, I'm 42, so if you go back further, you you probably watched OJ or you watched Earl Campbell or you watched uh, Jim Brown or however far back you go. My dad will always tell me about Gail Sayers. I'm like, okay, dad. But running backs in today's National Football League, as you know, you're not dumb. They're completely devalued. It's a passing league. Quarterbacks are the ones that make the boatload of money. And I saw a stat from ESPN Stats. The average age of the last 10 NFL rushing leaders. So the last 10 guys to lead the league in rushing. The average age is 24 years old. Think about that. You get out of college when you're 20 or 21, if you're a junior, senior, whatever, and you get into the National Football League and you lead the league in rushing, and the average age, maybe some a little older, some a little younger, but 24. The average leading receiver in the National Football League was like 27. And the average leading passer in the NFL was well over 30. So what that tells you is the National Football League chews up running backs and spits them out, and it doesn't matter. And again, you know that if you've been watching the NFL for the last 20 years. You know, you if you, you 
latch on to a running back, you don't ever pay a running back. You never give a running back that mega contract. Teams get burned all the time by giving guys huge money at that position. Even good young players like Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs, these guys in the final deal or the final year of their their rookie deal, you know, back in 2018, Saquon Barkley, second overall pick out of Penn State, monster rookie year, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. The, fi- the, the next year, banged up, still had a 1,000-yard season, six scores, blew out his, uh, was it his Achilles or his ACL in 2020, played two games. Had an ankle injury in 21, still had 13, uh, still played in 13 games, but wasn't really great. And then last year, had his best year as a pro, 1,300 rushing yards, 338 receiving yards, and he uh, scored 10 touchdowns. Giants went to the playoffs. But they invested in Daniel Jones. And who can blame him? I mean, uh, uh, Daniel Jones is not Patrick Mahomes, but Daniel Jones, with his run and pass ability under first-year head coach Brian Dayball, proved that he could be a very valuable, maybe not an MVP candidate, but a very valuable piece to a playoff team. Meanwhile, they gave the franchise tag to Saquon Barkley, $10.1 million. He's not happy about that. So he did not sign... And it sounds like he could sit out. He was on a podcast about money, and he was asked about his leverage. My leverage is I can say to the Giants. I can say to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. Right. I won't play it down. That's a play I can use. Anybody knows me. knows That's not something I want to do. But like, it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. I never thought I would ever do that. But like now I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like I might have to take it to this level. Don't do it. Do not do it. By the way, Saquon Barkley's made about $38 million in his career. All right, he's made a lot of money. He's, he's, he's doing fine financially, all right? But he's now going into his sixth year in the National Football League. He's 26 years old. We know what that means in the NFL for a running back. Now you're getting old. If you're a quarterback, you're hitting your prime. I mean, think about that. You have a 20, let, let, I mean, well, how old is Patrick Mahomes? 27, 28? And, and you're looking at him as another 10-year perennial MVP candidate. You look at Saquon Barkley, and you have to decide, are you going to give that guy $80 million? But he's 26 at that position. No, the answer is you don't do that. But you've got to figure out a way, if you're Saquon Barkley, A, to stay on the field. You should not, by any stretch of the imagination, hold out. Like, what happens if you hold out and miss all of camp, but you get there for week one? Well, remember Chris Johnson? Chris Johnson was one of the fastest running backs I ever saw actually play. Spent all those years with Tennessee and held out in 2011. Had 2,000 yards. One of six guys at the time to rush for 2,000 yards back in 2009. Also had 500 yards receiving. Offensive player of the year, and that was in 09. Comes back the next year, has a 1,300-yard season, which is still good, but then he wants more money because he was only making $1.6 million and held out for all of camp, missed all of the preseason. Well, he was on ESPN Radio. He was on this radio station and said, you can't. It's, it's so tough to miss camp and play great. I don't think I got into a full stride until maybe week 
six, seven. We're talking about a whole training camp that you're missing. That's a month of straight football, getting in football shape, doing all the stop-and-go moves and all that type of stuff, getting on the same page with your line. Like, when I first came back, my stats was like 40 yards, 60 yards, 20 yards, 15 yards, 70 yards. And then once I hit my stride, my first game back, I think it was like Tampa, so I had 190 five yards. So then I started to hit my stride just getting in football shape, getting in chemistry right with the offensive line and just the whole thing as a whole. But that, that is, is serious, man. It's hard to hold out a whole training. He was never, ever a pro bowler after that. He was not a pro bowler his holdout year, and his career was good, but he was never a pro bowler after that. He had a couple of other 1,000-yard seasons, and then things just fell off, like they do for every running back in the National Football League. He went to the Jets for a year. He was in Arizona for a couple of years. He was never quite the player that he was. I mean, you have a 2,000-yard season. No one's going to have that kind of thing, right? No one's going to have that kind of a year ever again. But he's a good player. But what happens if he doesn't hold out? What happens if he plays, and he instead of having 1,000 yards, he gets up to speed week two of the preseason, and he has another 1,800-yard season? He may have gotten paid at that point. He wound up signing a uh, six-year, $56 million deal, $30 million guaranteed, and had a good run. But you heard him say how hard it is to get back up to speed until the middle of the year. So if Saquon Barkley, who is a, he's an Adonis, a physical freak, a marvel. And I believe he would keep himself in good shape, but keeping yourself in good shape is not football speed. It's not getting used to hitting. It's not getting in chemistry, you know, getting the chemistry that Chris Johnson was talking about there with his teammates, with the offensive line. I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to lose vertical speed, but I think Saquon Barkley would lose a lot, especially in Brian Dable's offense with Daniel Jones and a team that is on the rise. I think plus... That could be a locker room thing. How many guys are looking around that they're they're in there, they're grinding, they're working their tails off, their goal is to get back to the playoffs, and they look at that dude over there, and they know how talented he is, and they think, that guy's in it for the money. And they're all in it for the money, but that guy's really in it for the money. But the greatest case of do not hold out comes to us from Le'Veon Bell. You remember Le'Veon Bell, played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 2016, he had 1,200 rushing yards, and he had 600 receiving yards. In 2017, he had 1,300 rushing yards and 650 receiving yards. Arguably the best running back in the National Football League, at least dual threat running back in the National Football League. And what happened? He held out. He wanted a new contract. He sat out the entire year, all of 2018. Pittsburgh didn't offer him a contract the following year. He becomes a free agent. He goes to the Jets. He never rushes for 800 yards again. He ran for 789, which was good for 24th that year. He got hurt the next year, played in two games, went to the Kansas City Chiefs for an hour, went to the Baltimore Ravens. Did you know Le'Veon Bell played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I did not. (laughs) He actually went to social media because of all of this going on right now, and he wrote, I never apologized to the fans for sitting out or leaving the Steelers. I never apologized. So I want to say I apologize for leaving the best damn fans there is in this damn world. I shouldn't have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. 
That's my fault. That's on me. That's Le'Veon Bell on social media. You know, second round pick back in 2013, he refused a $14 million franchise tag, which is interesting how far the franchise tag has dropped because that's what of the top three running backs in the NFL. Saquon's is 10, not even 14. He did sign that $52 million deal with the Jets, but that was it. His career was never the same because he missed an entire year. Now, could he have gotten hurt? I don't know, but he wasn't playing football for a year. You lose all of that. You lose the speed. You lose the vision. You lose the feeling. Maybe you lose some of your nerve. Le'Veon Bell and Chris Johnson are two cases that Saquon Barkley needs to look at and say, do I want to chance that? Do I want to chance losing half a year like Chris Johnson? Do I want to lose an entire season and potentially the twilight or even even the, the, the meat of my career? This could be the best part of Saquon's career, but it might go all the way. It might disappear if you miss an entire year. So I hope Saquon doesn't think about that. Now there's another dude. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's thinking about it, but I hope Saquon doesn't do that. There's another guy out there in Josh Jacobs who's facing the similar situation. Devontae Adams actually spoke out about what he said to Josh Jacobs and what he learned from my former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. You're going to hear from Devontae next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. What's up? Happy Friday. My name is Mike Wickett. Cubs baseball coming your way twelve forty five. Cubs and Cards. Uh, St. Louis got game one yesterday over Chicago seven to two. It'll be Jack Flaherty for St. Louis opposite Justin Steele. Zach Zabin with the pregame at twelve forty five. Pat and Ron at one twenty first pitch, and they'll do it again tomorrow and Sunday. Both games one twenty all weekend long right here on your home for Chicago Cubs baseball in Des Moines. ESPN Des Moines. I will tell you about what my son did to my neighbor's yard yesterday in a minute before we get out of here for Cubs baseball. But first, uh, wrapping up our conversation about these running backs, and it is the conversation going on right now that running backs have been devalued when it comes to the amount of money that they make. And it's tough. See, these conversations are are tough to, to have. Because you have people driving around, and maybe you're one of them if you're listening to us right now in your car or you're watching the stream at, on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page or whatever, and you have zero sympathy for someone who is offered $10 million a year. And as it turns out, reports are saying that uh, Saquon Barkley and the Giants were just $2 million off with a little bit of guaranteed money discrepancy between what they were going to offer and what he wanted. It's like you really couldn't come to... You take half a million less. You take a half a million less. You, you, we don't live in that world. We don't live with that kind of money. So there are a lot of people that don't feel sorry for running backs because they're not getting quarterback money or wide receiver money. I happen to be one of them. I don't feel bad for Saquon Barkley. I enjoy watching Saquon Barkley. And I'll be watching this preseason to see if I should draft Saquon Barkley. I hope Saquon Barkley lives a very healthy life. He seems like a nice dude. So does Josh Jacobs. I don't have any idea. You know, I can barely keep track of uh, the guys that I enjoy watching. The Green Bay Packers, right? 
But if you're Josh Jacobs or you're Saquon Barkley, you need to tread a little lightly. I just saw this from Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. I didn't even know this was a thing. But apparently, so the there's a deal on the table right now, of course, the $10 million, the franchise tag is there. And Jacobs and Saquon both have to decide if they're going to take it or not, or they're going to hold out. It looks like they're both going to hold out. I didn't know this. The Raiders could rip it away and say, go find work elsewhere. They can rip it away before the season starts. Now, if they really, really want to play dirty with Josh Jacobs or with Saquon and the Giants, you wait until the very last moment before the first game of the year when teams have already spent any free agent money that they have that is significant. Because this has happened before. It happened with Jeremiah Trotter with the Eagles. It happened with Josh Norman and the Carolina Panthers. Where teams waited till the last minute on guys that were holding out and, and said, nope, see you later. Now, you can go find deals elsewhere, and the cap isn't really real, and you can manipulate money. Now, the Raiders don't have any options behind uh, Josh Jacobs, but if they really want to do Josh Jacobs dirty, they could yank that franchise offer at the last minute, and Josh Jacobs would have to go find work. Now, there could be a late injury. There could be a, you know, a, a one in one a backfield situation he could join up with. But at that point, you've missed all of camp. You're going to take a million and a half dollars to go somewhere else when you could have signed for 10, even though you wanted 16? I mean, think about that. You gamble on yourself, and you lead the league in rushing. And your negotiations fall flat, and they offer you 10, and you wind up walking away, going elsewhere, leaving the city and the franchise, the only franchise you've ever known, for $2 million bucks. To me, $2 million is a lot of money. To you, $2 million is a lot of money. To Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and every NFL player, $2 bucks isn't all that much money. I thought that was really fascinating to hear Mike Florio say that and put it out at Pro Football Talk earlier today. As far as what Josh Jacobs is going to do or should do or could do, he's getting advice from Devontae Adams. My guy, always have love for Devontae. I get it. He wanted to just, he was done in Green Bay, wanted to go to the Raiders, wanted to go out west. That's fine. So he was asked on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week what he actually said to Josh Jacobs. I just told him to keep his head. You know, this is my 10th year now. I've been through the, the contract process um, a total of three times now. You know, it's a little easier when you first come in. And then once you start doing your thing on the field and then makes things a little bit more interesting come contract time. So basically just told him I, I understand where he's coming from. You know, you got to you gotta do what you have to do, you know, in, in order to, you know, feel your, your worth. You can't just do something that your heart's not in. So at the end of the day if it's if it doesn't make sense to you you got to do what you got to do more from Devonte adams uh, talking on the dan patrick show about uh josh jacobs and, and how the fact that he is a guy that he would definitely want to play with he and i are really close so when it comes to the the connection and you know i just try to remind him of the opportunities we have to potentially do something special together i also let him know that you know i play with a great deal of running backs really good running backs and there's only a handful that i feel like i could go to literal war with and he's one of those guys so when i think about winning a super bowl and what it takes to win one you know because i haven't done that yet i think about having a guy like him on you know in the backfield um you know by my side another dog that's ready to to go to war and, and do whatever it takes to get it done we opened the show hearing from Aaron Rodgers and what he had to say on ESPN New York. So we may as well end this segment talking about running backs and listening to Devontae Adams passing on whatever knowledge he learned from 
Aaron Rodgers. On to Josh Jacobs. Didn't know him very well before this, um, not having been around him as much, but the growth that I saw from the previous year to this last year, you know, I don't I don't ever want to take credit for anything, but I know that when you get around other people that are that are like you or that push you, it kind of brings the best out of you, which is kind of the Aaron Rodgers effect with me. I feel like having Aaron early in my career, his mindset, his work ethic, yeah, honestly, the work ethic is, is through the roof, but like I said, just the way he thinks about the game, the way he approaches it, and it puts so much of the way he does it, you know, into into my craft, and I was able to kind of steal a few things, and I think the same thing happened with, with both of them, you know, me and Josh. You yeah. know, I feel like he helped me with some of that stuff, and it was great having another dog next to me out there. Arr, arr, dog. I hope these guys get in camp, but when we're talking about life-changing money at a position that doesn't get a lot of love from the National Football League, from the owners, from the GMs, you got to do what you got to do. But I think you're missing out a tremendous opportunity towards a championship to get into camp. Uh, if you saw this story real quick, moving on before I get to what my son did. Uh, remember back in uh, April when the Minnesota Vikings did this? With the 23rd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. And I quickly snatched him up on my dynasty team. He was my first round pick in my dynasty fantasy team. He goes on the Rich Eisen show and talks about how he's going to spend some of his money. I got to go give me a, a nice whip. A nice whip. A nice whip. Fast whip. Fast whip? Mm-hmm. Okay. Not too fast, though. Any, uh, any particular like whip? Nah. Okay. One that goes 65 speed limit. Of course. <laughs> please. We got to make sure. It's all good. Can we hear from Sammy Hagar, please? Well, neither can Jordan Addison because he got popped at 3 a.m. on I-94 just outside of St. Paul doing 140 in a Lamborghini SUV. The Urus, U-R-U-S, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's about a $240,000 SUV. Just a twin V8, by the way. It's not a V12. I looked it up already. (laughs) I'm like, it gets 16 miles to the gallon. And I'm not going to say that what he did is okay because we are all thinking about what Henry Ruggs did, which was go over 100 miles an hour, slam into a car and kill a woman and her dog right off the strip. This was 94, different scenario, not okay, not okay. But who amongst us hasn't had their parents' car and gotten it up to 120? I did with my dad's Camaro. If you're watching on the uh, Facebook page, hey, Dad, (laughs) this is breaking news. Uh, He got reckless driving. He got uh, busted for speeding, and we'll see what the NFL does. Kids, if you're listening, do not drive 140 miles an hour unless you're on a racetrack or on the Autobahn. That is it. That's the only place you're allowed to do those things. Don't do it on I-94. How much time do I have to tell you this story? Less than two minutes? All right. So I'm in my backyard, and my neighbor's kid is uh, mowing the lawn of my vacationing retired neighbors, all right? And his dad and I are friends. We talk football. What's up, John? And we're in the backyard hanging out. He asks my three kids to help pick up sticks. You know, that's what you do with all the trees, right? So my son is potty training, and he's pantsless right now. That's All day he's pantsless. That's what the stage of potty training that we're at right now. You're a parent, you understand. So we're standing there. One kid's in one corner of the backyard. One kid's in another corner of the backyard. And I look over at my son. I'm like, Miles, what are you doing? He stood there and defecated in my neighbor's backyard. He just took a dump in my neighbor's backyard. And I was like, Miles, did you just, and then you see it? And I'm just like, are you, this is what we're doing now? I look at my buddy. His kid's 11, so obviously well past this stage. He's like, 
Wicked. I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. <laughs> I just stood there mortified as my child pooped in my neighbor's yard. I clean it up like you clean up dog, dog doo-doo, you know? So to Mike and Kim who are, you know, out of town, sorry. <laughs> that is it. We'll do it again coming up next week. Thank you for listening, for watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. My name is Mike Wickett. Cubs baseball is next. Zach Zaidman has the pregame straight ahead. I created a monster. Cause nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want shady. I'm chopped liver. Well, if you want shady,